Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swan Speak Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds and joining me today is Von. Hello. And SM. Hey guys. Now we're coming off, well, a very good third quarter against Carlton. Von, do you want to take us away? Uh, well, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Well, I can go on about the positives of this game, um, but I feel like that's all we've been talking about for the last 12 weeks. So I'm going to bring up a negative, especially in light of the Hawthorne game that's coming up. Um, I don't think we really performed four quarters. Like I know that sounds pretty obvious given we kicked about 10 goals or something crazy like that in one quarter. But I just feel as though the first first two quarters, we weren't, we weren't very settled and you know, say whatever you want about the umpiring and Carlton getting free kicks right in front of goal. But it, it was really disappointing to to see us. I think Longmire summed it up pretty well in his press conference. Uh, we were trying to be too cute. And at that stage, it was a little bit wet. So I feel as though we didn't adjust to the conditions too well. And it's thank, like thankfully cleared up. So it wasn't too big a deal. So for me personally, I'd like to see us not not you know, not try too hard and, um, yeah, play a four-quarter consistent effort. Okay, SN, your thoughts on the game? Um, I do have to agree with Vaughn. I think my main, if we're going to start with a negative out of the game, my main negative would be the lack of a four-quarter effort. Um, Obviously, absolutely outstanding third quarter with 10 goals kicked, Buddy kicking five on his own. Um, But it would be good if we could kind of lift to that level for the whole four quarters, and I hope we can bring that sort of effort against... Hawthorne in a couple of weeks, which will be a massive game. Um, just a few individual performances to single out. Obviously, I think Sam Reid had one of his best games in in memory, I think, um, kicking, what was it, four goals in the end? Yeah, four um, goals, assisted two as well. Yeah, assisted two as well. So he had a really great game, especially I think it was in the first half when Franklin was quiet. Um, I was having this discussion during the game that uh, it's been interesting that obviously in previous years, Franklin at Hawthorne, um, has been quite a predictable target for them, and they actually had a better spread of goal kickers when he wasn't in the team. But even with Franklin inside, we're still getting our mids uh, and other forwards involved in the play. And as we saw in the first half when he was pretty quiet, Reid stepped up and Good stepped up and kicked a few each, uh, which is really impressive. And I think the other individual performance that has to be, has to be uh, brought up is Josh Kennedy's record-breaking 29 contested possessions 41 disposals overall, um, absolutely outstanding from him. And, and the midfield is really starting to come together. And with Hanabry coming back in, hopefully against the Hawthorne, uh, against Hawthorne for that match, it's looking a pretty impressive midfield. Yeah, I found it, um, it was a pretty interesting game. <laughs> You're right about the midfield. I mean, the midfield at the moment we've got is certainly really batting deep. You've got Kennedy, you've got Jack, McGlynn and Parker obviously running through there. Bird is one who doesn't really get enough attention from the media or on the podcast. Lloyd, soon to have Hanabry. Um, the performance in the midfield, besides, we're all going to be talking about Kennedy all night. 29 contested disposals is pretty crazy. And once again, Parker was doing what he does every single week now. He's starring. But I was really happy <sighs> with how... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just just, just changing. Okay. Um, I was really happy with how McVeigh actually stood up in the third quarter. Like... He had a pretty poor first half by his standards. I'm not going to lie. He was turning over the ball a fair bit. And he wasn't really getting around the contest. 
But he threw himself in the midfield of the third quarter and really helped us around the clearances and found a bit of the ball. So I actually think it was one of his better performances all year. And he's had a decent year without being spectacular. So if we can get McVeigh and Kieran Jack has also found a bit of form in the last few weeks back to near their best, it's going to look really good for us come September. Like, would you guys say that, you know, who, who would you say is our nearest rival in the top four, given the way that we're playing? Fremantle. Fremantle? Yeah. I just can't see it. I just look at Fremantle, the they're just not at the MCG. Yeah. Like, they're just not, I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like they've got a winner's mentality, and I know that sounds a bit strange, but come grand final day, every little thing matters, and, um... I don't know. I just I don't really rate them too highly on the MCG because I feel like we actually might have a little bit of advantage there over them. But still, Hawthorne like they're starting to get key players back. Gibson Lake after his suspension. Um, we all if he gets back in time, so they're still a serious um, serious threat. But what I actually wanted to bring up, which is a positive and maybe a bit unrelated to the on the on field performance, but maybe a buddy factor is the fact that in such a cold, cold, it was so cold that night, such a cold night, we still got 35,000 to the SCG. Yeah, that's a great crowd. Yeah, for a game against Colton, who are, I don't know, like 15th on the ladder or something, to to get that I think is is great. And on a Saturday night too. Um, one point that would be made, though, is when you compare that to the crowd we got against GD- GWS a couple of weeks ago, um, there's obviously still a lot of work to go in building that rivalry up to getting uh, decent crowd numbers. I mean, given the form we're in, we still got pretty poor crowd against them. Uh, but, yeah, against Carlton, it was, an absolute, it was a great crowd. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, do either of you guys have the average crowd number for this year? Uh, the SOG? Uh, yes, I have that right next to me. I just keep it. Oh, I thought she was being serious. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, well, um, I, I reckon it's about. I reckon it'll be. It'll be something like 30s. thirty-three. Yeah, 33, it'd be 30s, which is crazy. But also the SCG um, redevelopment that's got to play a big part in it. Average home attendance is thirty-two thousand, but that would include the games at um, ANZ. So let's see if I can find it with just the ANZ, uh, with just the SCG games. Look, thirty-two thousand over the season is actually pretty good, though. Um, you got to look at obviously the redevelopment of the SCG would have really helped that. Um, do you guys put much of it down to Lance Franklin coming to the Swans, or I, I don't really put it down to him. I think it's more the winning streak, to be honest. But Which it's obviously it's obviously hard to judge. Oh, it is, but it's in, they're not coming to see Buddy. They're coming to see the team doing well, which well, includes Buddy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But just me personally, I guess I have a few friends um, and, you know, I've taken some people this year to their first AFL game and it, it's hard not to love footy when Buddy Franklin kicks goals from 60 metres out. Like, I know we've talked about it a bit and we've spent so much time discussing Buddy, but he really does things that make people who are just coming to the game for the first time really love the sport in a way that, you know, a, a normal 40-point win wouldn't. Um, so I, I feel that Buddy probably has brought in an extra five, ten thousand, oh, not 10,000, but like probably an extra, you know, 1,200, you know. So, yeah. He uh, just for the, help for the record, the um, average home crowd attendance at the SCG is about 32,000. Okay, then. Thanks for that, Alex. <laughs> no worries. 
Look, um, I think if anything in regards to crowd numbers, Franklin has probably helped us actually improve our membership, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how I... many more fans have we had that would have jumped on with membership since... Um, how many more fans would have jumped on with membership since Franklin has joined? I'll be quite a few because... I reckon it's about 3,000. Like, I know that's specific, but they said that our highest was... They said it was our highest when we reached about 37, and then now we're at about 40. So that's about 3,000 right there. So, yeah, it's he's definitely giving us financial return. I don't know if he's made back his contract like some people are saying in the media, though. Yeah, fair enough. Now, we may as well actually move back onto the Carlton game. I just want to ask you guys about a few of the matchups over the weekend and just give a grading of 1 to 10 on a player. Is that all right with you guys? Uh, certainly. Okay, awesome. Um, we may as well start off with Vaughn, if you're willing to go. Um, Adam Goods. Um, he was he was good. What is it? One out of one. one when you say is bad poor... at the chops, do you mean how how well he played or how well he contributed to the team? Okay. Um, probably probably five. Like, he had moments where he was really good in the forward line and, you know, he's out of goods. You can't really – for his standard, it wasn't probably the best game. It's, it's a solid game. Harsh marker. Okay. SM. Cunningham. <laughs> Cunningham. Um, oh. well, it, I mean, he didn't have the – A lot of the that. ball and he let Mark Murphy get a hold of him a little bit for once. Yeah. Well, probably – Probably a six, just because I'm not as harsh as one. I'm not going to go with a five. You harsh, Parker. Look, I just, I just like to nurture the boys. I don't want to punish them by giving them. Such I think a we mark. need a relative scale here. For me, five is like average, yeah, whereas I think six is like good. Okay, well, I don't think he was good, but I, th- I thought he was above average. Okay, well then. Okay, okay well then I'll, give him, I'll, give, I'll give him. I'll give him a five. I'll give him a five. Okay, Vaughn, Jeremy, Layla. <laughs> I don't think this grading system is really working. Yeah, you've, you've opened a can of worms here, Bonds. <laughs> Bonds, let me ask you, Jeremy Layla. I will give him a 7 out of 10 on the weekend. He didn't find a lot of the ball, but he was still stopping the third man up and laid a few very important spoils in the first half. So, like, on, on my scale, that's, like, best on ground. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, if that's best on ground, what would you rate Josh Kennedy? I honestly think Sam Reid had a better game than Franklin. He was really important to us around the ground in the first half. I, I know he got less of the ball, less marks. He was, was he in the back line in the first quarter? Yeah, he was. was. Yeah. At the end of the first quarter, he was helping out in the back line, um, basically. It's quite interesting because that's, yeah, obviously, uh, we've touched on it a few times on the podcast, that's obviously um, our sort of 
go-to tactic, I suppose, if the, team, if the opposition's putting pressure on us, because he's quite a calming influence down there. So he's becoming a bit of a swingman for us. Yeah, no, he's actually doing really well. I've been really impressed with Sam Reid's year so far, and I think he'll do pretty well in the best and fairest. Yeah, I think because the key, obviously, is that he's doing a lot better than expectations necessarily. Um, so he's obviously not having as big an impact around the ground as Franklin is, but no one's really expecting him to. Uh, and by his standards, yeah, he's having a pretty good season. The other performer, once again, stood up like he does every week, is Vaughn's little boy, besides Parker, Ben McGlynn. <laughs> like, once again, he did a good job on the weekend. And Look, he'd be close to almost being first picked in our side right now. Yeah, he's having a great season. Did you hear about his uh, little competition with Luke Parker, Vaughn? I did. I felt as though that competition was just made for me. It was made, they're, they're fighting over your affection. It's basically it. Well, that's pretty much it, and I'm, I'm playing hard to get, so I can kind of see why they're doing that. But back, back on topic, uh, um, I almost feel, even though Kennedy obviously is much more, you know, his statistics are a lot better, you know, he got 29 contested possessions or whatever, I still feel as though... I don't know, I feel like um, Benny was so good in the early rounds that in the best and fairest, he might be on par or maybe even like have a little bit of an edge on Kennedy. What do you guys think? Look, I, I think if you played every game so far this year, Ben McGlynn, he'd be right up there. But I think the few oh, injuries right. are going to yeah, hurt him in the best games, and fairest. Yeah. I. I can't see anyone being ahead of Josh Kennedy at the moment. Like, right now, my top five on our list, I think Josh Kennedy will be a little bit in front, followed by, I'd say, most likely Parker. I think he's been consistent all year. He hasn't had many bad games, and he'll be right up there. Then the next three will be... I reckon Grundy's on line for a top five finish in our best and fairest. May get a bit of a laugh from SM on that one, but he's had a very good year. Yeah, he's not been too bad. Um, ben McGlynn, and then rounding out the five would be Lance Franklin. I, as much, he's been glamorous and everything, but he's been pretty consistent over recent uh, he, weeks, he, and his pressure around the ball is incredible. He's won a few games off his own boot, so you, you know when you've got a player like that inside, he has to. Be he has to be up there in the best and fairest, yeah. but. Even with the way that the Swans vote with our best and fairest voting, where you're based off your role towards the team and not your actual performance, so... I would still say, he'd, you've got to say he's right up there, because he's... He'd have to be up well, there, but he'll still get graded well. pretty harshly on it. It's the reason why Goods has only got two best and fairest instead of yeah. four or five. I remember there was a period where Goods was winning the big footy boards best and fairest every year and wasn't getting a look in at the actual awards. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different voting process, but I guess it's what the coaches value, and we can't really complain about it. It seems to be working for us. Yeah. Look, um, do you, what kind of chance do you guys rate Franklin at winning the Coleman, since I think he's now getting very, very close to topping it? He wouldn't be far behind. He's only three goals behind or something now, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. I think it's a lot closer now. Cause it was one goal, sad. but then Schultz played today. Yeah, I don't know if Schultz kicked too many, though. They got battered by Richmond, <laughs> which is... Obviously, a bit strange, but um, yeah, it would be pretty close now. So, would you guys maybe you could do the Coleman uh, Coleman Brownlow double? Oh, it'd be a rarity to do it, but <laughs> has it has it been done before? Do we know? 
just trying to think. think Tony Lockett. Maybe, yeah, I was about to Tony say, Lockett. Tony Lockett. Yeah, yeah. At St. Kilda, unfortunately. But um, enjoy that segue, Bonds. Let's, let's talk about the Brownlow. Yeah, well, look, it's actually pretty interesting. We've got a few players at the moment that... Well, we've got two that would be right up there in contention. Like, now that Ablett's out for the rest of the year, the only... Look, Josh Kennedy and Lance Franklin both deserve to be top five. Kennedy probably top three, but the issue is, are the, players, are the umpires actually going to notice Kennedy? Like, he hasn't pulled he heavily much, in the past. Does he traditionally poll pretty well? I he was expected to contend in 2012, and he didn't get a look in. Yeah, last year, last year I think Hanabry got our most votes, and then it went Jack, and then he went Kennedy. Um, yeah. And I think Kennedy had a pretty pretty big year. Maybe, I don't know, I can't really remember now, pretty much on par, I guess. I feel like there's we have more flashier midfields. I'm um, sorry, midfielders. But that being said, that being said, um, Jack has been quiet for himself, um, and Hanabry has been injured. So I don't know if he'll win the Brownlow, but he might be the highest polling swan for sure. But that being said, I don't know. I just had a look on the TAB website. Um, Kennedy's odds has gone down to about four, and he's third favourite after Pendlebury. And, and a pretty quiet one today, Pendlebury, actually. So yeah. he might gain another few votes. The main issue I've got with Kennedy is players are going to still vote for him. I honestly think Franklin will pull more votes at the Brownlow. And then Kennedy will this year. The thing is that I don't really buy into the whole notion of people stealing votes from him because you look at um, Bartel in that 2007 year for Geelong and he won the Brownlow with guys like Enright and Selwood and Ablett and so on taking votes off him. Um, if you're in a champion team that's winning every week, you're going to be getting the 3 2 ones more often than not and there'll be plenty of votes to go around. See, the thing is what I'm talking about here, like on big footy, on, like, on our actual board... Most people yeah. have given Kennedy the five votes. Yeah. But it's nearly a guarantee, and I honestly think the umpires are going to give Franklin the two. Uh, I reckon Kennedy will get the five this week. No, sorry, the, well, the three votes, I should say. Best on ground. I, I, I can't see how you can go past the guy that gets the record for contested possessions, and don't the umpires but, now get to look at stats? No, they don't get to look at the stats still. I thought they... Okay, sorry, I thought that would have been changed. That might... Uh, maybe... I still think you've got to say that they'd be aware of Kennedy's performance, though, maybe more so than Franklin's. But I don't know. Franklin's, you know, got the flashiness. That goal we kicked from the pocket was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was <clears> nuts. <throat> it was right yep. where you guys were sitting, wasn't it, Bon? Um, what quarter was that? Fourth. Quarter. Fourth. Right. No, look, I was long gone and eating yeah. food. Don't judge me, guys. I was hungry. It was like six degrees. The um, main thing I was actually um. In regards to the Brownlow, like, the other thing is, like, even at one point of the year, Hannibal was picking up, would have been picking up votes yeah. most weeks. That's, and yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Before he got injured, he, the games he dominated, he really dominated. And we all know Hannibal's not going to win this year. But, yeah, but the three that he's taken, it means that he's taken, like, those votes away from uh, Kennedy. And, you know, it's just, I think it's just a matter of how well the other players who are in contention, how dominant their performances are. But I just, I, I don't know why. I guess I just can't really see a player like Kennedy winning it. I mean, how often do you Go. see, and 
Yeah, but jo- Job is like the. Job and Kennedy are very similar players. Yeah, but no, but Job is like the. Victorian. The the torch of Essendon. Like they have no one else that stands out. Yeah. Whereas we've got like Franklin and and, and you know Jack and a hell of a lot of players. You also got to remember when Job wanted Essendon, Heppel wasn't the player he is now, and they didn't have Goddard. If you oh, had Heppel and Goddard around at the time, he wouldn't have sort of in an understyle player, extractor sort. So I thought that's where Bond was going. But aside from Job, no one really. Yeah, no, it's true. You're normally going to get someone more like a... Maybe a Kieran Jack would be a better chance. I, I can't see Kieran player. Jack winning it this year. He'll oh, not that. this year, but just in terms of uh, looking at our midfield, the style of player he is. Look, I, I think, think if anyone from our midfield is going to win a Brownlow in future years, it'll be Hannah Bree. Yeah. Or Parker. Hanabry's got the balance. Parker is Hanabry. an outside chance top five, I reckon. I did get on Hanabry preseason for the Brownlow, so I'm very unhappy with his injury. Let's just put it like that. I, I really reckon Parker's an outside chance of top five this year. Very outside. Well, he's, he's coming to a bit of form right at the end. Um, he was strong at the start of the year so. as well. He was strong. I just don't think that... I don't think the umpires really know he goes forwards, he kicks goals, he takes a few, uh, a fair few I mean, contested marks. He's more of an outside player up. than Kennedy. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting Brownlow night as a Swans fan because I think we'll be right amongst it. I mean, with Ablett getting injured now for the season, now it's blown it right, wide open almost. I mean, the only disappointing. Penderbury's probably the favourite now. He I is. You'd I actually reckon it might Fife might win it and be eligible. Well then, yeah, yeah. It's going to be really disappointing though, because if one of our players win it, they're not going to be there on the night. They're going to be in Sydney preparing for the I grand know, final. I know it's going to be very frustrating for them, but you know. I think it's going to be really, really awkward when Lance Franklin wins the Brownlow, the Coleman, and a Norm Smith and a grand final medallion. It is. I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to do his neck or his back carrying so many medals. Well, you know, he carried the Hawthorne team for that long, so he probably has experience, has good technique. Right, he would be very used to carrying the weight, weight of expectation. Look, that being said, we'll move on to All-Australian at the moment. How many Swans do you believe we can fit in a single All-Australian team? We've got that one, but Buddy will be in that team as well. (laughs) And coaches MVP, and yeah. Oh, look, on a serious note, though, um, there are a lot of Swans who have been in contention for All-Australian, and dare I say it, um, Heath Grundy's probably one of them. Uh, he's having a pretty good season, as you touched on. I think Malczewski is another one. He's uh, also having a very, very solid season. Then you've got your Luke Parker, your Kennedy, your Buddy Franklin. What about Nick Jack, Smith? Nick, Nick Smith as well. I mean, it, it depends what... They don't tend to go for the shutdown players, really, do they? I'm trying to think of too many... Yeah, like, right, if Ryan Crowley hasn't had one... Over the last few years, you'd think Nick Smith wouldn't have a chance, but yeah, he hasn't been beaten most weeks. I just don't think that they look for that sort of player for the All-Australian, because they want to look for the flashy players that everyone goes to the footy to watch. They just want nice names to put on the piece of paper. And yeah. Nick Smith, well, for starters, it's a boring name, but no, he's not flashy. Um, well, I was actually thinking, I think, a few years ago, I can't remember now, you guys can probably correct me on this, but Geelong had about... Six yep. or seven players in there. Oh, in two thousand seven, I think they had the record. It was eight. Eight. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've had eight in the um, Australian team at one time, and I have a. If we keep going the way we're going, we're going to be pretty close to that. Uh, actually, it's nine. Just to... nine. I can't see us getting nine. I think I think we'll get about five or four. Well, if you look at the players, look. Let's just go through a few players, and you guys tell me if you think they can actually be in Australian contention. Like the okay, contention or the final squad. Just you, if you believe they'll make the final squad, or if they're just in contention for it. Okay. Josh Kennedy is a lock, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Jared McVeigh. Mm. I would say he's a lock. He'll make the 40-man squad. Yeah. Sure. But whether he actually makes it into the team will depend on how he goes the second half of the season. Do you reckon Kieran Jack will make the squad? Yes, I would say so. Franklin's a lock? Oh, yeah, he's a lock. Yeah, Franklin's a lock. Parker? Yeah, I'd say he's a lock. Squad or... And I reckon. Oh, oh I reckon no, forty. Yeah, he's had yeah. a very good. Okay, okay. I now, know, but there are a lot of midfielders. Like, like let's just forget our team. Like, you've got Collins. You've got Fremantle. I Collins, think that will stick Park on a flank. Yeah. Well, let's just. He's picked a lot of goals this year. Look, there will be six Parker in the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Over Nick Nanadui. Jokes. No one can. Take uh, that spot away from him. Malchewski. Oh, I would say it's a lock. Um, he's stood up in our big games and he's been quite noticeable. Um, especially against Geelong, for instance, who's best on ground. But, I don't know, he's a, he's, he's a tough one. Maybe he'd be the 40-man squad. I always see AFL articles about him and how he's setting record-breaking bounces. I think, just based off that, he's a lock. They're clearly yeah. noticing him. He's lock off the half-back flank. Okay, Nick Smith. Uh, I don't think he. Will. I think he'll make the top. He'll make the forty-man squad as sort of a token gesture, but I don't, I don't think he's a shot at all. I think he'll do well to make the forty-man squad. What back pockets can you see that have done a better job than in this year? It's. I'm not, it's not necessarily that. It's just that they'll use flankers and put and shove them in on like yeah. an extra midfielder and shove them into the back pocket just to you know use up a space rather than give it to an actual back pocket player. And obviously put in and right as they do every year. Yeah. We get Grundy. Yeah, I think he's a lock. <laughs> I'm going to struggle to say that. I'm I don't like, think he's a lock, but I think he should make the team. But I'm not going to, you know... We've got the... Do we have the... No. Frio's got the stingiest defence, don't they? So they maybe do, but we've right. got the second. And they, they can't yeah, take all yeah. the defenders from Fremantle. No, I know, but I reckon... Oh, I suppose Richards hasn't been as good as Grundy this year. Did I just say that? Crap. Yeah, Richards hasn't been as good as Buddy this year. Rick, oh, it's not Grundy. Buddy. Sorry, um, Grundy. I yeah. think that... I don't know why I just... Uh, no one heard me say that, okay? I didn't <laughs> say that. I'm going to make... Let's make that a podcast title. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You said, definitely didn't hear me say that. <laughs> let's make that the podcast title. <laughs> oh, dear God. Look, if you look at that's probably all the. Pl- Do you reckon Richards is an outside chance of squad? Uh, no. Oh, I, so, I don't think what? so. I think he'll make. I think, this, he's, he's I think he'll make the forty. Well, maybe. I think he will. I think we're probably rating like I think we're judging him too harshly based on what we know is his best. I think league wide, he's probably still been good enough. There haven't been too many star defenders this year. Hmm. Like, McFarlane from Fremantle is the only real lock I can think of. 
Yeah, yes, probably. Unless I after that, like, after that, you're probably within the toss-up of McKenzie and Grundy. Uh, I don't think McKenzie will make it just because he's had a few uh, down games. Against who was it the other week? Comprehensively beat him. I can't remember what it was. There's such a high correlation with teams who are doing well getting like a lot in, a lot of players in, and West Coast have been pretty average. So if it's going to come down to McKenzie or Grundy, I think Grundy will get it quite easily. I can't think of any game this year where Grundy's really been shown up, uh, whereas McKenzie has. So I think that could also tip in Grundy's favour. Jeez. I'm being far too nice to Grundy this way, guys. Someone has to call. <laughs> I really, like his I really like boots. His boots. Oh, don't, don't. I think they're luscious. Don't, don't even. Mal has been warned. Grundy will know <laughs> next time there. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. Um, we won't be previewing the Hawthorne game this week. That'll be for next week once we know like the likelihood of players like Canterbury and such coming back. So, thank you for listening and have a good night.